1: This is Ex Libris On Air. My name is Brian Houston. Today we are looking at a book entitled How God Sees the World, and uh, this takes a unique approach at examining how God sees the world using mathematics. And the author of the book is with us on the phone right now from his home in Oklahoma, Burton Nana. How are you doing, Mr. Nana?
2: I'm good, Mr. Brian, Mr
1: very good to have you with us today. Thanks very much for being on with us. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we talk about the book. Tell us about your background.
2: Hi, I'm a Cameroonian who immigrated here in 1995. I went to school at OU where I graduated with a master's in mechanical engineering in December 1999. and I'm, I've worked as a mechanical engineer for a while. Now I'm more um, uh, are more focused on education, helping college students, tutoring them.
1: Very good. Is this the first book you've written?
2: Yes, Mr. Beer.
1: So tell me a little bit about uh, how you came to write How God Sees the World.
2: I was inspired by Holy Virgin Mary. As a philosopher and as anyone, I was wondering about the avid in the world and human behavior. Those questions have been asking by philosophers for thousands of years. The evil is still a mystery. That's, uh, that's how I was inspired by Holy Mother by Holy Virgin Mary.
1: Okay. And when you started to write this, how did you come upon the information that uh, you used to write this book? Uh, I, again, the uh, the description says you used mathematics. How did that happen?
2: From uh, my education, uh, I studied philosophy uh, as a mechanical engineer, we, uh, we use a lot of mathematics. What, uh, what, uh, where does mathematics come from? What's the meaning of mathematics? The first chapter of my book is about philosophy of mathematics. The three important question of philosophy of mathematics is why mathematical statements are true? What's the meaning of mathematics? So in my book, I use logic, and I define mathematics as logic and the, the art of reasoning. I use logic to prove statements in philosophy, in life, In religion, uh, let's let's take a simple question. Okay. What is love? What is love?
1: What is love?
2: Okay. Uh, Using mathematics, to love and to be happy is a true statement in mathematics. When two statements are true in mathematics, they are equivalent statements. So so using mathematics, I can define now that to love equals to be happy. Interesting.
1: Okay. So how long did it take you to compile this information? How did you decide what questions you wanted to... Uh, answer about uh, how God looks at the world.
2: Uh, again, uh, I, I, I recall that I was inspired by Mary, by Holy Vision Mary, okay. the Mother of Jesus Christ. She is the one who guided me through, through the book. So, she is the one who told tell, who tell me start, by uh, start chapter 1, philosophy of mathematics, chapter 2, philosophy of physics, cosmology. And so on. Oh, like, uh, if you let uh, let let's take an example, the Bible or the the New Testament. The New Testament was inspired to the disciple by the by the Holy Spirit. So, uh, so the same, I was inspired by, by Mary. This this is a, my book is a divine inspiration coming from Holy Vision Mary.
1: Okay, very good. So every topic that you cover in this book, it, it came from divine inspiration. Yes, sir. All right. When a person reads your book, first of all, who is this book going to appeal to, and why?
2: My book appeal appeal to Christian and non-Christian. My book appeal to all people who are eager of a peaceful and perfect world. My book appeal to people who want to become pure, okay, uh, strength, strength and and children.
1: All right. What is one thing after a person reads this book? And they put it down. What is the one thing that you really want to make sure they take away? What do, they want? What do, what do you want them to learn from this book?
2: After a person reads my book, I want that person to learn that God wants man to become a child, a saint, or a neutral being in order to go to heaven. A neutral being is, a, is like a child who loves pure joy and who loves to play.
1: So you want a neutral being.
2: Yes. Okay. A neutral being is a being who loves neither purity nor impurity a nuclear being is like zero in mathematics zero uh, zero is neither a negative number nor a positive number because if i use mathematics uh, to love pure joy and to be a holy person is a true proposition and the origin of evil is because men love and pure joy and matter if you use the table of true mathematics to love and joy and, and be a malicious being is a true proposition. That is the origin of the evil. An example of to uh, of uh, of to love and joy, love of money, love of vanity, love of fri- uh, of, of pride. These are these are examples of to love uh, the and joy. And uh, we, we we see you know, in our world the consequences of loving and pure joy like money, uh, pride, vanity. These are the consequences of war, atrocity, violence in the world.
1: And so your hope is, uh, when people read this book, that what will happen?
2: My hope uh, my hope is that after people read my book, they, be, they become like, like children. They become pure, pure person. And
1: in, in, in result, then, you end up with a better world.
2: The, yes, the result will end up with a better world. All right. Because if you look at our, at our world now, there is too much violence. Uh, the humanity is facing a lot of, prob- of problems. like climate change and uh, uh, violence, uh, uh, war, poverty, health. We cannot solve our, uh, we cannot solve our, pro- our problem if, uh, if the humanity do not stand together. It means mean people have to make sacrifices. People have to change their way of life or way of happiness. You can be happy, loving, mathematics, philosophy, science, anthropology, games, purity. But uh, now people put put the happiness in loving money, loving, uh, loving uh, pride, and, more, and so on. That's what our, our world is talking
1: If you were going to uh, introduce this book to a friend, uh, how in a couple of sentences could you explain uh, this book and why someone should read it?
2: My book. Tell about the image of the Christian, of humanity, that God wants to see. My book is a message from God to tell humankind what it should do to transcend the crisis assign it and threatening its survivors. If the humanity does not stand together, our civilization will not survive. It has been 40 years that people uh, talk about global warming, uh, the white House have released this uh, report about that humanity must act now. the king Tang, the king Tang group the club of Rome in its in initial study in one thousand nine hundred and seventy two about the future of the humanity said that human, humanity should change its behaviour if if, humanity, if mm-hmm. humanity cannot solve the problem of climate change, environment our grandchildren or our children will not survive Tell me so the, the, my book is a, it's an, an appeal to humanity. We need to change our civilization, our way of life, if we want to survive. So my book is an appeal to everybody on the earth.
1: Very good. Tell me how this book is unlike others that cover similar topics like this. What sets this book apart from the crowd?
2: My book brings mathematics, religion, life, and science together. My book is unique and revolutionary because it's the first time that uh, a author use mathematical reasoning to prove the truth in religion. Life and philosophy. In my book, I prove I prove in philosophy that the first principle and the second principle of existentialist philosophy is true. I prove in my book biblical uh, biblical proof. Like when the, uh, the, the the Bible says God is Almighty, I prove it in my book using mathematics. Uh, Where well, what before God created the angel what God has been doing from it all eternity, I use mathematics to prove that God was where God was playing game.
1: Okay. I, I have to ask you about this. Uh, there is a, a statement on the uh, in the description of your book, and I'd like to get you to uh, explain it to me. It says that uh, humanity must become communist or brotherly to hope to solve the problems of pollution, unemployment, violence, poverty, health, crime, war, etc. What do you mean by that?
2: Uh, the, the, the meaning of the, of the term communist, in my book is a uh, mean mean community property. If you go to Wikipedia internet, the uh, the term communist from Latin communist common universal refers in its initial theoretical sense to the ideal of a classless society and social organization without state or currency in which private property will be abolished in favor of of community of material assets. What I'm saying, we, we, uh, let's try to uh, let's try to create a perfect world, a, a egalitarian society where a society where there's no competition, where we are all brothers. Because that's the main message of religion. When the Bible says, "Love your neighbour as yourself," that means that we should all be brothers. If we become all broader on earth, there will there will not be more fighting, no more violence. If I have a bread, I share with someone who doesn't have a bread. If I have a car, I share with the one who doesn't have a car. That's the meaning of communism that, that, uh, in that I mean. I understand. As long as, as long as everybody, every Christian will say, That's my, this is my car, this is my bread, this, uh, this is my house, it's not going to work. So, uh, if you read uh, the Bible, the, the first Christian in act uh, act of uh, Apostles, they were putting their belongings together. And they will, they will share them that was that's what the first Christians were doing, and that's what my uh, I invite the Swiss christian the christian to do the same now. okay,
1: very good. Now, what was the most challenging part about writing this book? the most uh, rewarding thing that uh, came from writing the book?:
2: There's a great debate now in the church about homosexuality and even in the society and now should 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 we a law homosexual homosexual to have same rights as anybody in my book i say yes but i prove in my book mathematically that to love homosexuality is to love and pure joy god doesn't want men to love and pure joy god does want men to love pure joy or love purity because mathematically if you love and pure joy you will become a malicious being as i quote an example in chapter 5 of my book when i when I recall the history of Jeffrey Damy, the serial killer, who killed, who killed 17, uh, 17 persons, that was because of his love on um, Pete And another challenging uh, proof that uh, uh, in my book was to, to explain the mystery of Satan and the original sin.
1: Is there anything that we haven't covered here that you feel is important for people to know about your book?
2: In my book, I, I bring an answer to the question where mathematics comes from where science comes from. Uh, some uh, A lot of d- uh, dilemmatic problems with physics, like uh, why matter is a wave and a particle. Again, my book appell humankind to base its happiness by loving art, mathematics, philosophy, science, or game purity, which is my definition of the Christian exist- existentialism. And finally, uh, I would like uh, people to know that I'm a Catholic Christian, Mary to the Holy Virgin Mary, uh, to the Holy Virgin Mary, the Mother of Jesus, and God is sending me to promote uh, peace, peace and solidarity on Earth. That's the main message of my book. God is sending me to try to uh, pull mankind away from the evil and to come back to God. Very good.
1: Mr Nana, where can people find your book How God Sees the World?
2: My book is available at amazon.com, at barnesandnoble.com and at and and, and at This is, a, is my publisher. The book is available in uh, hardcover, softcover and ebook. Excellent. Uh
1: also is there any uh, website or social media that you'd like people to know about that they could check out?
2: Maybe they can check it out if. Uh, Facebook. I don't It's not available on Facebook. I don't, I don't know. Okay. About this
1: Very good. Bertin Nana, thank you very much for visiting with us today and telling us about your book, How God Sees the World. We wish you the best of luck, and we hope that uh, people will read this book, and uh, they will uh, uh, come away from it uh, wanting to become better people to make this world a better place. Right. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Maria. Yeah, and uh, again, my name is Brian Houston. Thank you very much for listening to Ex Libris On Air, and we will talk to you next time.
0: Ex Libris returns after these short messages.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks of the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look at the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix.
0: Welcome back to Ex Libris with your host, Steve Jorgensen. Rex Lieber, on air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled "Harry Meets Sam." Our author, Denise G. Britton, who joins me from Texas. Denise, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you very much.
0: In our pre-discussion, I understand you have an educator background or education background. Uh, to share a little of that history and uh, why this book got written.
3: Ah, oh, okay. Well, um, I graduated. Uh, with a BA um, from Colorado State College, and it used to be—I mean, I'm no Colorado State Northern Colorado State College, and um, it, it changed its name about three times. Since I graduated, which was a long time ago. Uh, we won't
0: talk about that. As
3: how I'm 71 now and a wow. retired, retired teacher. Retired teacher. And I also have a master's degree from a UTSA here in San Antonio. So
0: you got bored and decided to become an author. Is that what happened, or have you always had a desire to be a storyteller?
3: I kind of always have had... Uh, Well, I actually wanted to write songs, (laughs) but that didn't come because of various things. And so I thought, oh, okay, a children's book, which I purposely wrote because I wanted to have a book that the children could read themselves about, you know, six, seven, and eight-year-olds could read themselves with no help from adults.
0: Well, you don't know. This might be turned into a musical, and It's uh, well-illustrated, and you have a relationship with the illustrator whose name happens to be the same last name as yours. His first name is Jeff, Jeff Britton. Who is Jeff, and where in the world is Slap Out Alabama?
3: All right. Um, Yes, Jeff is my son, who is a artist and um I has a BA from Auburn in art and um he uh has time right now because his uh he does various and sundry art for people that require an art well no. anyway so he has time and um he says i don't know if i'm going to have time to do a second book but i we will try very hard anyway Out, alabama is a very lively little town very small town uh at the end south end of lake jordan that's spelled Jordan, but mm-hmm. pronounced Jordan. Jordan oh, it sounds in like something they would Alabama. do. Alabama, mm-hmm. and uh, so in the summertime, it really fills up with summer people. And then they, a lot of times, leave their house and go back to Montgomery. It's not too far from Montgomery, Alabama.
0: His illustration style uh, certainly is engaging, and um, uh, without giving away the the idea or the concept too much, the the illustrations look as though it could be illustrated by a younger person also.
3: Oh, well, he's not that young. He's 45.
0: (laughs) He did that purposely, then, to engage children. He has a very
3: young mind. Yes. Yes. he does. And um, he is married to a woman who is a teacher at um, uh, Prattville High School in Alabama.
0: The story, Harry um, Meets Sam. Now, the the idea of uh, Harry Meets Sally is a movie idea that was out there years ago. Did that Harry Meets Sam have any connection to that, or is it just coincidence?
3: Oh, no, not at all, no.
0: Totally different. Um,
3: Harry is a little boy who is very excited about going to school for the first time. He can't wait. He just can't wait to go to school, and that's one of the main themes in uh, because I love children that just come into school and can't wait to get going, and and you know because I was a kindergarten teacher for Mm.
0: quite some
3: time, and uh, I love kids that age they are excited about school
0: and excitable
3: and sometimes you know when they get a little older they get a little jaded but uh it's it's nice to have a kid who really wants to come to school
0: uh, harry and sam meet on a school bus but they have yes, other adventures maybe. as well tell about the the adventure that uh, sidetracks them is it to the zoo do they also visit the zoo
3: Um, No, actually, Harry, you know, just visited the zoo because he was uh, six years old that summer, and he was old enough to go to school in Alabama. It was a while ago, and not anymore, but um, you didn't go to school until first grade, which means you had to be six years old by September. And by the time school started, and uh, school actually, and anything lower than that, um, your parents sent you to preschool. To preschool. Like, right. And so Harry was in preschool and wanted to go to the big school so much. (laughs) And, and, but he lived at the end of the long straight red dirt road, which uh, is now paved, <laughs> unfortunately. But when I knew slapout, it was long straight red dirt road. I did leave live in Alabama for about three years. hmm And um, I loved slapout.
0: I love the
1: name. It was a
3: great little town, and just so—I mean, the name. Huh? Let's face it, <laughs> the name Slap Out is great.
0: It's perfect. Did did you yeah. write this? Did you write this story long ago, or is this something that was a recent creative um,
3: effort for you? No, I wrote the story. What in two thousand ten, and it took uh, Jeff a while to illustrate the thing, and then when, unfortunately, ex-libris, when they printed it, uh, they made the red uh, just a little too red. It's actually a red Alabama dirt, which uh-huh. is kind of very orangey. <laughs> well,
0: it's it's very bright and cheerful. They, again, the it looks as though your illustrator, that Jeff may have even used a crayon to to uh, to do the the artwork. It looks like that. At least that's the technique that it uh, appears to be in the book. They've oh, done a wonderful yeah. job on I
3: it. I mean, I'd have to ask him again. I think he used pencil and a little, uh, you know, colored pencil and crayon
2: mm-hmm. and
3: some um, uh, watercolor. You
0: you managed to get the story told in about 24 pages. If you were to introduce this to someone, what would be the the idea that you would convey to them, to my listeners, and get them interested in getting a copy for either themselves or for their children or perhaps grandchildren?
3: Ah, well, as several people around here have bought them for their uh, grandchildren. And I like it because it, Introduces children to school and nothing to be afraid of and everything to look forward to, and also that you share things. You end up sharing a lot of things, and Harry and Sam share a lot of things. Um, Sam had just moved into the neighborhood at the other end of the long straight red dirt road, which really is about uh, a mile long. But to a six year old, it's a long way.
0: That's a long ways, yes. Right.
3: And um, so, Harry and, I mean, Sam and his family had just moved in this summer. And so Harry didn't even know Sam until they got on the school bus. And then they met and became fast friends.
0: So they share their story, and this also introduces children to the aspect of change, and also that change can be a good thing.
3: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's true. Change can be a good thing and that um, having a best friend is great, and you share on um, many things. And the next book will be the same kind of theme.
0: The same kind of theme and a familiar phrase to kids, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, right. Yes. It takes
3: Place on the Long Street Red Dirt Road again, and uh, because uh, in Lower Alabama, at LA, LA, um, there is nothing but that red dirt all over the place. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You shared your memories, and you've shared a story that is unique and special. That will appeal to a lot of children and adults and grandparents. They should get a copy for the holiday season and share it with their kids. The oh, title of the book I is so. "Yeah." The title I of the book is so. "Harry Meets Sam," true. and our author Denise G. Britton has joined me from Texas, and it's illustrated by her son Jeff Britton. Denise, where do we get copies of this book?
3: Um. Okay. Uh, Ex Libris is the um, printer, and um, I think you just go either to my website, which um, I saw once, (laughs) and then the information is on the website.
0: They can find it by doing a search under your name, Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E, middle initial G, and last name Britton is spelled B-R-I-T-A-N. B-R-I-T-A-N,
3: B-R-I-T-A-N, B-R-I-T-A-N. Like Britain. Right, uh, my husband um, was in the Air Force and has retired, and we decided to retire here in Texas. Um, it's one of our favorite places. Great place. And um,
4: well, Barnes- we had
3: moved out of Alabama to Atlanta, a while, and then when, he, uh, well, he had a job in Atlanta after the Air Force, and then we moved here, and both retired. <laughs> he retired, but he still teaches online, uh, and and he teaches uh, U.S. government. Online. This will be a
0: little bit easier to, to read for most of us. I think it's more on our level, yes, Harry right. meets Sam. And you have another adventure background. on its way. Another adventure on its way in the near future.
3: Maybe by next fall, because actually it will take place in the fall again a little bit later than Harry meeting Sam at school, which always starts, you know, in, in August mm-hmm. and later August. And then this will take place later in September.
0: Fabulous, listeners! You can find a copy of Harry Meets Sam at your local retailer. If they don't have it, they can they can order it in by request. And again, the 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 author is well, Denise G. Britton. They would
3: have to order it. I yes, think. yes, they do. Yes, very ill last year, so
0: progress <laughs> things is Things are looking up a
3: Wonderful. lot. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> feel like I can devote my energy to writing a new book.
0: Look forward to visiting with you when that uh, book is completed as well. Listeners, you can find this online by doing a search under the name of the title of the book, Harry Meets Sam, or from your local retailer, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all of those should be carrying a copy of this particular release. Under Harry Meets Sam, author Denise G. Britton. Denise, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story.
3: Oh, well, thank you very much for having me.
0: Enjoy the visit.
3: I hope and uh, wish everyone good luck.
0: For Ex Libris On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short
5: messages. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on com.
0: Back to Ex Libris with your host Steve Jorgensen. Greetings for Ex Libris on air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book today tackles a very difficult subject, but simplifies it in a beautiful fashion. It's titled "How to Win in Every Scenario," using scenario planning to create win-win solutions in Ukraine and in other complex situations. Our author who joins me from Arizona, from the Phoenix area, is Dr. Rom Gayoso. Welcome, sir, to the program.
4: Thank you very much, Jay.
0: Uh, Dr. Gayoso, what is this scenario planning idea? Where did this concept come from?
4: Well, Jay, this was actually invented in the 1960s, more exactly 1961, by a man named Herman Kahn, and what he did is he talked about, or he said, thinking about the unthinkable. So he was the first person to discuss the term of nuclear war. And he helped us understand no one can win that kind of war. And he used this very interesting technique called scenario planning, which is basically a, a version of screenplay. Or storytelling and the way it goes is imagine you're trying to watch a new movie that comes on on the on, on the cinema and you watch a trailer but of course you just see the trailer on TV in order to understand what happens in the story or to realize what is the end of the story you have to buy a ticket and go to the movies of course so this technique helps you envision the possible or potential futures or the endings of the story. And if we can envision the end of the story, a couple of things may happen, Jay. One is you may like the ending or you may not like the ending. If you really like that ending, you should work really, really hard to make sure that thing materializes. And if you really do not like that ending, Jay, then you have to work ten times as harder to prevent it
0: from happening. Dr. Gauso, you are a PhD. You are a, an educator. Part of this, I'm sure, is part of your training or instruction or teaching process. You talk about several nations around the world, including Germany and Russia and, of course, the Ukraine. What is your thought there? What, are you, what scenario are you painting in your book?
4: Yes. See, what I was trying to help people realize or understand is the different sides on this conflict, and more specifically, the Ukraine crisis that is unfolding right now. So we have Russia on, on one hand, and we have the European Union on the other hand, and the U.S. is just coming along. My My perspective is we're trying to help them become a more democratic and more open society. And I think we have a little bit of experience to share on that one. But in between those countries, of course, Germany is the largest economy in Europe and Russia on the other side, they're somewhat struggling over control uh, of the Ukraine. And my perspective is, I think we we could have done a little bit better in terms of uh, understanding my book. Half of the book is about tolerance increasing tolerance or helping people think about the others from the other perspective, not so much as from our perspective. So my perspective with this scenario is to help people understand the other side first and look for solutions where we can both win, not one win and the other loses. You
0: You also tackle difficult subjects like stem cell research and renewable energy. What other subject matters are covered in your book?
4: Well, I use those three. So I use the uh, the crisis in Ukraine, which is a, a big war a conflict. I use the stem cell research problem, which is basically an ethics problem or a bioethics problem, to be more exact and then the renewable energy problem, or the scenario, is renewable energy has the potential, or we all all believe it has the potential to help us alleviate global warming. But I think we could do a little bit better in terms of implementing that one. So those are the three key examples.
0: You also, I would, uh, I guess describe your book, your style as somewhat of a research book. Would you say it's difficult to understand or is this something for the general
4: public? No, it is something written for the general public in mind. What I want to do as an educator, Jay, my real objective is to take a complex issue like that and really turn it into plain English. And that's really my goal with the book is to get people to use this technique, which is really, really powerful, to help them envision their future. And if we can envision our futures, Jay, we can make them better. I use three examples, but of course, there are many more potential applications, including for one's personal life
0: you also can apply these concepts and precepts for business.
4: Yes, of course for business. The most important or the most powerful example of scenario planning is in actually in business. It was Shell Oil Company. In the early 1970s, they used the method and they could envision the oil crisis of 1972, 1974, and then the discovery of oil outside of OPEC land the 1980 crisis. So they used the technique extensively, and they went from number 14 when Fortune 500 ranking to number 2. So it is very powerful.
5: And
0: it's more than just theoretical concepts. It actually is something that can have a practical side to it.
4: Yes, and that's why I wrote this book. You know, as an economist, I think my duty, and as an educator, is to help people look at those techniques, and not just from the theoretical perspective, but actually from some way, or or help them envision a way to use it in practical applications for everyday life problems, and to tackle big world problems such as the ones I mentioned.
0: You also refer to this as a five-step program, is this one that will require radical thinking change, or how would you describe it?
4: No, not really. I, I thought about the five-step program because it's a, an easy way, an easy approach to think about scenario planning. So basically, I start from the very simple perspective, which is the most important asset we have in a company or anywhere else is actually people. So we start from our skills and abilities, and I build from that. First, we make the team or the composition of the team based on skills. And then we look for the skills we need. Depending on the problem we're trying to solve, we need different skills. So we need to find people with those kinds of skills first. Then we collect data about the competitive environment. So what are others doing in the same field? Then we collect data about the microeconomic environment, which is what's going on in our economy, how is GDP going, etc. Then we create what I call the packaging phase, where we put together story. Scenarios are compelling stories. They're just like a romance or a war movie. They have a theme, they have a a specific place where they unfold, and then they're the key agents. And the fifth step is how to add value. So we wouldn't do any exercise in the business world or for ourselves unless we can show we can add value. So the fifth step is helping us think and understand how can we add value. You know, Jay, the real situation is everybody can bring a problem to the boss, right? All right. I have a problem. And with this technique, I help people think about solutions. Yeah, we may have a challenge or an opportunity, but we can say, hey, boss, here's a way that we can win here's a way we can win the market we can you know be successful in such situation or prevent something bad from happening
0: you have uh, managed to pen 237 pages which is not an extensive read it is very detailed but how long did it take to complete your book
4: uh, actually, um, just a couple of months, I've been thinking a lot about this you know, throughout my career, and I just wanted to make sure I put it together in words. <laughs> I write a lot, and I keep my notebook with me, so I said I had a lot of thoughts and ideas already written.
0: You have quoted Churchill, and one of his quotations was success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. That's tough to do.
4: It is. Especially in the world of today, right? We are faced with so many challenges you know, in this country, outside this country. Of course, there's the Ebola problem coming up right now, right? But we cannot give up. You know, this country is so wonderful, so beautiful, and and so blessed because people here never do give up. So even though Churchill said it, I think it's very adequate for us. We never give up.
0: (laughs) It is non-generational. It actually works in every generation,
4: doesn't it? You' doing well i'm somewhat biased, I think the the older generations did did a little bit better you know tom Brockhaus' book is amazing i don 't know if you've read it before
0: yes i've heard of it. I have not read it in its entirety, but it is a, a book that deals with the greatest generation, and that is exactly. a generation that is prior to where we 're living today different perspective, different viewpoint on life, and perhaps they take life a little more seriously, but in a simplified manner, they approach challenges and overcame them.
4: So I think we have to do better in our generation.
0: I agree with that. If you were to introduce your book to our listeners in a couple of sentences and get them interested in getting their very own copy of this 237-page masterpiece, how would you do so?
4: I would say if you really want to, you know, better your life in one aspect or another whether it's business or some issue that you're dealing on your own or even if you want to think about the big world problems this is the way to go. Uh, Scenario planning is a wonderful process and it's easy and I have a a very methodical way of approaching it so it should be very successful.
0: Were there some uh, difficulties in remembering all of the complex issues that you deal with in the classroom and uh, translating them and transferring them into print?
4: Not really. I think that's the work of the educator. We have to translate things that are very complex into something that's very palatable.
0: And it only took, how long did you say?
4: Just a couple of months. Just it's a couple okay. of months. That's I, amazing. Yeah, I love writing and reading. So.
0: <laughs> Is this the first uh, publication that you have uh, put to print?
4: In in a book format, yes. Book I've format. been writing and publishing in academia for many years.
0: There, I'm sure, are other books that deal with this particular Concept is yours. Book is your book different from from others in the marketplace?
4: Yes, because what I'm trying to do is I I'm going back to the origin, which is Herman Kahn's original work, and what I'm trying to do is not to make something complicated or something theoretical, but rather something applied. You know, Jay, I really decided to write this book because I teach MBAs and I teach you know other you know just graduate level students, and I wanted for them to really pick up on this. So I said, I need to be succinct. I have to give them a little bit of theory, but it has to be really applied. And I couldn't find anything in the market that had those features. And then you said, well, if it's not there, I will do it.
0: Doctor, I mentioned how colorful the cover is on this book. There must be a story behind that. Tell us what that is.
4: Yes, there is, Jay. What I wanted to do or accomplish with the cover was to communicate a thought or an idea. So you see a flower, right? If you look at the, the cover, there's a flower. Yes. And those those colors are particular to Ukraine. In the center of, of the flower, the stem actually is a national symbol of the Ukraine. So the national symbol of the Ukraine is inside a flower. So what I was trying to say there is Ukraine will bloom again. They will be successful, they will find democracy that that they so hard are fighting for, right? And at the bottom, you see two petals with two Ukrainian words that mean dreaming of peace or peace dreaming. So my message is, yes, they they are dreaming. They're trying to reconstruct their society right after the war. The war is still going on. They're dreaming of this. I think they will accomplish it. They will bloom again. And at the foot of the flower, you see four children. And they're carrying the colors of Ukraine, Russia, Belarus, and European Union. And what I have there is they have, they're holding hands. And right on top of them, there are actually two hands of folded or holding each other and that means unity so it's my message of hope for them that they will be successful that they will bloom again but in order to accomplish there we need more unity
0: wonderful imagery the title again is how to win in every scenario using scenario planning to create win-win solutions in Ukraine and in other complex situations our guest author Rom Gaioso sir where do we get copies of your book
4: well, in and Barnes and & Noble, Amazon, Amazon.com as well.
0: Do you have a website personally that you share additional thoughts?
4: I do. It's Phoenix and Economist uh, on Blogspot. So I have a blog and I talk to people about many different issues.
0: Wonderful. The spelling of Gayoso is G-A-Y-O-S-O. For those of you who like to do online searches, the first name R-O-M, Dr. Gayoso, thank you for joining me today. I'm assuming because you enjoy what you're doing, you may share additional stories or additional techniques in the future. Is there another book in the works?
4: Yes, there is. I got a lot of people asking me to adapt the book for self-help. So that's what I'm working on, on personal problems and situations like, you know, weddings and uh, conflicts, personal conflicts. And I'm trying to think of ways to adapt the this, this scenario planning and help us think about those complex situations that exist in our you know, inner lives and make them more palatable or easier, easier to work on.
0: Interesting book and concept, How to Win in Every Scenario. Dr. Rom Gaioso has been my guest. Thank you, sir, for joining me today.
4: Thank you so much. Jim.
0: For Ex Libris on air, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Join Steve Jorgensen next week at the same time as he explores the passion and the inspiration behind the works of today's
2: authors, right here on X Libris on air.